1: This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. Later on in this episode, we'll have a special discount code good on the adoption of your Tribble, so keep listening. Science Division, Trouble's never been this fun.
0: Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order.
1: Fleet Command. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast and episode number 249. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. We're so excited to have you here this week. And of course, by we, I do mean my co-host and I... You know, last week I didn't really introduce him, and he kind of got all you know upset about it, and he he whined and complained and crawled off into a corner. So this week I want to give him an official introduction. He is the co-host. He's Dan Davidson. Hey, buddy, welcome to the show. Hey,
0: pal, That was great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the co-host.
1: <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing fantastic. 249. Wow. You thought I was going to throw a niner in there, didn't you? wrong but technically you did well technically I did but
1: who's counting technicals
0: unless you're a referee in the <laughs> NBA I'm t- really not sure anyway but it's great
1: to be here good to see you well half the time the refs in the NBA don't count them either <laughs> that's, that's a good point good point or traveling you. or anything else
0: any of that stuff oh well, you can get away with six steps in the NBA now anyway sorry I digress.
1: <laughs> yet we digress <laughs> Dan this week we have a we start a special month-long series of content We made a conscious decision to try to elevate the voices of African-American podcasters and content creators in Star Trek fandom. And we're starting to do that this week. So you and I are only part of this episode for really a brief amount of time. The bulk of today's episode is going to be handled by some incredible friends of ours.
0: Absolutely. This is a great, uh, great collaboration that we're doing all month long to have voices of African-American podcasters be the guest podcasters here on the show to talk about uh, topics that are important to them. And and I got to say, we are kicking it off on the right foot With the Sci Fi Sisters. They are an amazing group of women. Um, All of them Tamiya, Fran, Sabrina, Yvette, and JD are, are getting together. Uh, in this episode, to talk about the legendary Nichelle Nichols and her character of Ahura, and what it meant to them, um, and what's so great about uh, these amazing women podcasters is that there's many generations of fans between the five of them. Some of them were alive and watched the first run of TOS back in the '60s, and one of them was born in the in the '90s. And I mean, it's just a—it's amazing to be able to get that perspective about this character from people that are such different age brackets, and it's—it's it's an amazing amazing, amazing listen.
1: It really is. And I think the thing that people are going to notice right away is just the amazing positive, you know, vibe that this conversation has. It's something that uh, you and I were really excited to listen to when we yeah. first heard it a few days ago. And, uh, and since then we've been excited to let everyone else hear it. And that's going to happen in just a few minutes before that, Dan, why don't you tell everyone how they can get in touch with us for any questions, comments, or, um, I don't know, Um, maybe they want to send you possible introductions for Dan Davidson in future episodes. Oh,
0: well, that would be great because yours are getting kind of old. Uh, it's very easy to do that, man. We definitely want to hear from you. You can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact and there you can send us an email, a voicemail, you can chat with us, you can tweet right at us, or you can go to Facebook and head over to the official Facebook group for the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It's called Camp Kittimer. It's the most positive Trek group on Facebook. We don't allow any trolling. We don't allow any gatekeeping. We only want people celebrating what they love about Star trek so just search for camp kittimer we'll let you right in and we want to thank our wonderful admins Haley, jackie and fark for the amazing day job that they do running the camp but you have to also please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places maybe use in a future episode bill
1: wow i'm still amazed that you can do that but yet not get the name of the show right on occasion geeps trek geeps that (laughs) happened once
0: it did really happen yes it did
1: way to go buddy way to go (laughs) Dan, here we are. Another month has started. Of course, it's February 2021. Black History Month is upon us. Valentine's Day is approaching. Lots of good things happening, buddy.
0: Yeah, February isn't just the month for lovers, buddy. It's also the month of amazing Fansets pins. But you know what? Then again, what month isn't? Am I right? Oh, you're right. I know I'm, I'm always right. The newest pins available right now at Fansets.com are Reeves from Discovery. Section 31's Luther Sloan from Deep Space Nine. Can't wait for that one. Uh, the latest Women of Trek pin, the fabulous nurse Christine Chapel from the original series. And finally, the magnetic-backed Picard Delta is available. And I got to tell you, this one's going to sell out quick.
1: Oh, very quick. Those are all fantastic new arrivals, Dan, each and every one of them. I got to say, and that nurse chapel, women of Trek pin might be one of my favorites from that set. It is truly beautiful. So listeners, like we say every single week, get on over to fansets.com, put a bunch of stuff in your cart, like all of those awesome new pins, Dan just told us about and at checkout, be sure to enter this week's special Trek geeks discount code word, UHORA. That's Uhura. that's U H U R A in all caps. That special code is going to get you an amazing 10% off your entire order. This offer is going to be good until February 10th, 2021 at 1159 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, plus, don't forget when you spend more than 30 bucks, you're automatically going to get free shipping in the United States.
0: Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Bill, it's the season of love and Science Division is celebrating in a big way.
1: Oh, they really are. Science Division has the perfect Valentine's Day gift, unique for the geek in your life. That's right. It's the Galaxy's first app-enabled interactive Tribble. It's a fun and original gift your Valentine is absolutely going to love. Order your Tribble now at sciencediv.com. And for a limited time, it's going to, ar- going to arrive with a custom plush rose and a special festive packaging to show the special person in your life how there are no Tribble at all.
0: The Science Division Tribble is available now for only $69.99. But because you're a Trek Geeks listener, you get an additional $5 off your purchase by using the special discount code NYOTA. That's N-Y-O-T-A in all capital letters. This code is good until Tuesday, February 9th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. And as always, remember, discount codes are not dangerous.
1: In fact, uh, they're pretty awesome. That they are. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun, and we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode.
2: Welcome to the Sci Fi Sisters podcast, where we tell you our side. Today, we're talking about our queen, Lieutenant Neota Uhura. I'm Tamia, and I'm joined by my sisters, Fran. Hello. Sabrina. Hey, hey. Yvette. Sup. And JD. Hola. <laughs> Oh, uh, Before we get started, um, I just want to say first of all that this is the first time that all five sisters are recording together so this is a historic moment and we're really excited. So it's wonderful. Welcome gals.
3: I hey. got all my sisters with me.
4: It was a dance
2: family. break, but we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd also like to thank bill and dan at trek geeks um for sharing this platform with us and for uh sharing it with other black pro- uh podcasters this month it means a lot to us and um we are deeply deeply grateful uh for the opportunity
5: definitely definitely thank you very much because that is like really putting your you know subscribers where your mouth is thank you oh yeah <laughs> And by the way, Trek Geeks just totally
2: rocks. It was was my first um, Star Trek podcast, so I'm really excited to be here today. Uh, So we're talking about Lieutenant Uhura, the wonderful queen of Star Trek, uh, the woman who is the reason why we sci-fi sisters exist today. But behind that character of Lieutenant Uhura is the incredible, (coughs) wonderful, elegant, uh, brilliant Michelle Nichols. So Sabrina, why don't you tell
5: us a little bit about uh, what you got on Michelle Nichols? Absolutely. And um, just so you know, a lot of this is coming from her autobiography, which is called Beyond a Horror. But Michelle Nichols was a star in every sense of the word before she set foot on the stage of Star Trek at the Desilu Studios. She was even a star before she met Gene Roddenberry who cast her in her very first TV appearance in the series The Lieutenant. Opposite, believe it or not, Don Marshall and Gary Lockwood, who also starred in a couple of episodes of Star Trek. So back in New York, Michelle Nichols knew Marlon Brando from her days in the New York theater. She was friends with James Baldwin from her role in his play Blues for Mr. Charlie. She toured as a dancer and later she was featured as a singer in Duke Ellington and Lionel Hampton's bands. She made it to Broadway in Porgy and Bess with Sidney Poitier and Sammy Davis Jr. And she appeared in films with James Garner. And she was offered from this a very lucrative contract with MGM following in the footsteps of Lena Horne, Dorothy Dandridge, and Ruby Dee. But she walked out on it, slamming the door in the face of the producer or the head of the studio who was put the casting couch between her and the pen that she was going to sign that contract with. She walked away. So way before Me Too, Uhura was saying, not me.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Our sister was
3: doing it.
5: Yes, that is who we are celebrating today, Nichelle Nichols. All right. <laughs> so when you guys think about Lieutenant Uhura
2: sum up to, give me one word that you think of when you think of lieutenant Hura. uh fran inspirational nice jd what about you underutilized oh. mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. the one sister three sci-fi sisters <laughs> snaps in a circle on that one
4: that's for sure
2: <laughs> yvette what about you but first, The first
4: because she was the first
2: yeah period period yeah
5: (laughs) sabrina transformative yeah she absolutely transformed my little life (laughs) that's so true and you i i always think of uh elegant Mm -hmm.
2: yeah every time and you know uh i know that's uh some women like oh really for yeah, you're going to go with elegant. I do, because there's so yeah. much power in her grace. Oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I love her for that. Elegant so, was one of
4: mine on my list.
2: So. Elegant was on your mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. OK, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. Nope.
4: Okay. <laughs> she mm-hmm. was so graceful.
3: She mm-hmm. was graceful on that screen. She was very graceful. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So we have some myths about how she actually got this role, though. And, uh, you know, Sabrina,
5: you had some thoughts about that, right? yes it's it's been a lot of yeti 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 about how she got that i think a lot of it happens you know after all of the different books came out by various stars of star trek about how she got the role and her relationship with gene roddenberry and what was going on but um she was very clear about her relationship with gene in her own autobiography that yes it was a very very loving deep and and serious relationship she was talking like marriage it was all that and everything you could think about but I think what people don't realize is that that relationship happened well before Gene was doing Star Trek. And so it was well before he was dating Majel. So there might have been a little overlap in that mess, but mm, I think I'm um, going back to Yvette's <laughs> word first. <laughs> <Another one. laughs> hey, but, um, you know, so I think a lot of the a lot of the speculation is that it, it, the the affair was going on while she was doing Star Trek, and that was why she got the part. And I would like to say, no, that is not true. Debunk that myth, girl. Debunk that myth. <laughs> um, <laughs> then the other myth we want to talk about a little bit, not really a myth, we're going to get into it a little bit more later, is that you know she had a position in this show which was really just dress up, and she was there just for her because she was so attractive but we'll go into later that that's also not true because her character was really key on that bridge Mm -hmm. and she did quite a few things that, you know, saved the whole daggone ship. So that was, you know, the fact that some people refer to her as a secretary on the bridge, you like to, um, ready, ladies? Debunk that myth. Debunk that myth. Debunk. Debunk. (laughs) All right, here we go. Number three. And I'm going to say it, and we're all going to do a chorus of, you know what, the kiss. Can we get a big, oh, oh. my God. Come on. Come <laughs> on about that kiss. I am you know. so sick
3: of that. that yeah. a, it was actually a kiss? No. <laughs> no.
5: <laughs> go on, friend. Friend, I'm going to let you go ahead. Debunk that myth, girl.
3: No, debunk. I don't know what that was. I, I've mm-hmm. never seen a kiss like that in my life. I mean, vampires kiss better than that, but anyway. <laughs>
5: And we are just so tired of talking about that kiss because it was just like, what you, in the world? I and mean, so we know for a fact that the kiss was supposed to be scripted in there and uh, she was supposed to kiss Spock first. And then there was the story that she, you know Shatner said he wanted to kiss her, you know, and he's kind of like a little instigator and all that. If you're listening to me, Bill, and I know you are. <laughs> How you doing, boy? How you doing, Bill? Hey, Shad, how you doing? But anyway, Bill, what's up with that? I mean, why were you trying to get into everything? So we're gonna debunk that myth. He was that? The <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even a kiss. She was trying to get away from him the whole daggone time. Well, <laughs> so, you know,
2: I mean, here's—I mean, what nobody talks about with the kiss is that you know that it was really uh, enforced. You know, it was forced. Yeah, it was. It was not consensual for mm-hmm. either of them. Mm-hmm. You know, but even in the midst of it, uh, she says, I am not afraid, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, she's she was so strong, you know, and she's telling like she's telling. I think she she was talking to the audience as well as talking in her role. I agree. You know, that, like, I'm not afraid, like Mm y'all shorties, I'm going to show you this, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's still, it still—it still was amazing. I love the fact that they purposely messed up all the takes <laughs> except for one, yeah. so that they would have to show yeah. that one, yeah. that one take. That was brilliant too. So, never, you know, I am like, "Go ahead." I, I'm
4: as you all know, I'm just finishing Tos now. So, I used to hear about that kiss like my whole life. Um, white boys always want to say. Oh, but you know they had the first interracial kiss and I'm like, okay, and eh, you know, whatever. Then I said, "You know what? Let me watch this thing." And I'm like, "What the? Is this a kiss? Is this the, <laughs> is this what they've been talking about all these years?" I'm like, "There is there's nothing going on here." Right. You know, it's just a it's just the same, well, they're pretty much all the same script. So, you know, I was like, this is nothing special. And then they started with the whips and there were other things I would have thought about more than that, whatever that kiss, supposedly, my air quotes. So there was a right. lot going on there besides that forced. It was a yeah, forced it was, lip
5: lock. It wasn't, yeah, even, it, was, it was not a kiss. Okay? But I, I'm
4: just, I'm just always amazed that people always bring that up when Happily. they talk about TOS and you, especially when you say, you know, there's a lot of issues with TOS. And the first thing they say is, Oh, but remember the, They had the first interracial kiss, and I'm like, "Really? This is what you're talking? This this is your this is your proof that this is such a great show, you know?
5: But okay, but it is defensive. Was a big deal. The lip lock was a big deal. But we're like, that isn't a kiss. Like, uh, yeah,
2: I thought
4: it was a kiss. You know, I really
5: thought it was a kiss. Yeah,
2: there's a generational difference when looking at it now. You know, I mean, we're so used to seeing things very, very differently, and we live in a different world. But that's a perfect segue into Nichelle Nichols and Lieutenant Aurora's impact on the world at that time. You know, so Fran, you know, why don't you tell me, tell us a little bit about what it was like for you when you first saw her?
3: Well, okay. I was a little 11-year-old child. Born and raised in the South, was living in the South at that time, and I saw this lady. I was, I, I think, I looked up from a book or something, and I saw her um, on the screen, and it was in black and white. I didn't know she had on red because we didn't have a color TV at the time. It was 1966, mm-hmm. and uh, I looked up and I saw this lady, and she was on the stage with these other guys, and she was talking really, you know, like she was articulate, and she was, you know, telling them what was going on, and they were actually listening to her, and th- <laughs> at that point, we were colored at the time, mm-hmm. and 1966, this was really, really a breakthrough for little color girls like myself at the time, and I always, I'm like, oh my gosh, look, She's up there, and they're listening to her. She's up there with the, with the guys, and they're actually listening to her. I didn't I didn't realize at the time until later on that she was a communications officer, and they really had to listen to her. But I you know I didn't put that to I didn't put that together until later on. Yeah, but you were, were eleven. Listening. You get a pass. I was eleven. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and it was so inspirational to me that whenever she was on the screen. I always centered her she was she was my center for star trek mm-hmm. and i but I something else I noticed too when they showed the captain, she was there in the background. she was there i and I think she was strategically placed right there. so you always in my eyes just naturally went to her. you know, mm-hmm. I listened to the other stuff, but to be an eleven year old black girl colored at the time to see that up on the screen. It was amazing it was awe-inspiring and i've been a trekkie ever since and she was like i said inspirational to this little geek girl you know who read all the time and saw this lady up there and i just i just fell in love with with her and the character and all that stuff 1966 y'all okay this was mid the 20th century think about it <laughs> oh, yeah. A long
5: time ago long time ago yeah. sabrina you're our other resident og that's right girl we so, so saw this in first run um i was 10 years old when this came on and saw the the colored lady on the bridge. And it was to, to put it in context, and you know, had all the same feelings that Fran did like, what is going on? You looked up, I mean, really, like the whole family was like, you got to see this, you got to see this, you got to come down here and see this. And so, but the thing is, I was also that little, you know, blurred, as you say now. Science fiction book club. I have big thick glasses. I was reading *The Wrinkle in Time*. I'm that child, and at the middle at this time, we were in the space race. People don't get that when TSO was on, we were in a race you mean against TOS, 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 When TOS <laughs> was on. We were in a race. To, to beat the communists. I mean, it was serious mm-hmm. doings. We were doing, you know, we had, right, friend? You had You had desk exercises where you had to run under your desk and hide out oh, because it was gonna be an right. atomic bomb blast. I mean, we were really, like, this was serious business. We had to get into space. And here comes Star Trek, and here comes the horror Girl, that was all she wrote.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: I bet, I bet. She was She's amazing.
3: Line. She was on the front line.
5: She was on the front line. We were like, oh, we're gonna get into space. We're gonna beat the Russians.
2: You know, and, you know, because here's the thing to me uh, about that character is that she wasn't just sitting around looking pretty. You know, she wasn't uh, some vapid, dense, superficial woman, you know, uh, represented on screen. She was smart, intelligent, capable, you know, and thoroughly well trained like the thing. And she saved the ship a number of times. She saved people. You know, she saved the crew a number of times. You know, in Galileo 7, she was the reason why Spock and all those folks were saved. Because, found- you know, because she took over the science station yeah. and she found that planet, right? Yeah.
5: Um, so now go, go back and tell us. OK, so the OGs gave you uh, our impressions of what happened when we saw horror for the first time. So now we have, we, have, we have some great age disparities here in the sci-fi system. <laughs> <laughs> which we're going to use yeah. to our advantage. Gen X. So Gen X, when did you come across a horror? How did it come? How did it hit you? Exactly.
4: Um, <laughs> well, I honestly did not pay attention to a horror um, because I, I, so I watched star Trek probably at the second run because my mother was a big fan and I'm sure she watched it. But then the second run, I was a, kid and she watched it all the time while she was cooking because it always came on every day Mm -hmm. um and i thoroughly did not want to watch that so i i knew about her i always so i always knew about Ahura and spock those were the ones that i didn't know about really anyone else um came to me in the movies uh, like I said, I knew who she was and I always, every time I went to the movies to watch it, I wanted to know, okay, so what are they having a horror do? I want to, I make, she better not just be sitting at that damn calm station. I want to see her <laughs> doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how, that's, that's a I know is from the movies. Um, and now in the books, I, I, you know, if I read the novels, they usually give her a little more, uh, Little more stuff to do. It's not great, but you know she's doing more stuff. But yeah, I I, I didn't pay attention to her when she was on um, on TOS because I honestly just didn't want to watch it. But I knew <laughs> I knew she was there, so that's why I said when I said when I think of her, I think of first, because even though I didn't want to watch it, I knew what that show was about. I knew what it meant. I mm-hmm. knew it meant that Ahora was on there. I, I knew her significance. Um, Mm it's just that I want to watch Star Trek, you know, (laughs) um, I have no, I probably just wanted to watch cartoons, but I was a little kid. So, (laughs) but yeah, that's, that's how, I mean, Aurora came to me basically, um, through my mother and the, and we all knew who she was. We knew that she was the black lady on Star Trek and she was, you know, somebody to, you know, like, yeah, I know that lady, that's the lady from Star Trek, you know, but that's that's pretty much how you know through her reverence you know there was reverence for her mm,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a good yeah that's a good point the the reverence that was mm-hmm. there for me um i star trek i've said it a couple times on a sh- the show that star trek was my one of my first babysitters
3: mm-hmm.
2: so i was uh you know running around like five six seven years old and um uh I remember, like, the big TV at my grandmother's house, uh, my grandmother's and grandfather's house, and they have one of those big floor model TVs, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would sit down there in the den in the afternoon and watch Star Trek and play around and do stuff. So, you know, I came up, I, seeing Uhura on the bridge was just uh, sort of normalized for me what uh, the places where a Black woman could be. You know, it's so it wasn't anything extraordinary. Like I was so young that basically what she was teaching me was that this you belong here, too. You know, and and this is normal and there's nothing wrong with it and there's nothing weird about it for you to be uh, a scientist or in space or commanding a group of white men, you know, or, or any other people, you know, like this is what you should be. This is what you sh- should be. So, you know, when I coming up in my life and she was one of uh, so influential to me because uh, she was one of the first examples that I had that. I could do or be whatever I wanted to be. Right. You know, there the, the, the really were no limits. So you know that was a really powerful But it wasn't until I was older as an adult, like really older, like I just started doing a rewatch of TOS this year so I could watch it as an adult all the way through and comprehend what I was seeing that I really started to understand her, signif- her true significance, because she was so highly capable. You know um because she wasn't just a pretty face on that bridge as a matter of fact gene roddenberry wrote about her character that her understanding of the ship's computer systems is second only to the vulcan science officer and exp and she's expert in all ship systems relating to communications i mean that's
5: dope hey. <laughs> you know <Hey. laughs> that's dope you know because we know what happens when the communications go down. That's when stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that's when stuff goes wrong. It's All just like you have to communicate. So now we have our last sister here, mm-hmm. but certainly not least. No, no, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow.
6: Um, well, yeah, I JD. Guess...
2: What do you think?
6: And oh, your generation is millennial. I'm, uh, oh, I. My generation is millennial. I I actually worked smack dab in it because I was born '91, and quite frankly, as someone I don't know, my mom was a Trekkie, but not like super big Trekkie. She just really liked Kirk. Um, Uhura was there in the 2009 movies. I mean, honestly, for my generation, like because a lot of people I know my age got started with the AOS movies, sorry, Yvette, mm-hmm. I know that about you. But like that that was our first like introduction to like Star Trek and then what does she do? She's annoyed that this white dude in Iowa keeps hitting on her. She kisses the Vulcan end of movie. And she has and she has nothing happening until like the 2016 uh Star Trek beyond film so yeah no she existed that was it mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. there in the background they reminded us oh she's dating spock in this universe and so like okay whatever i, I don't care she doesn't seem necessary to the plot mm-hmm. wow
2: <laughs> so when did you start to get uh an appreciation of the original uhura
6: uh not till i watched the original series because honestly beyond that i mean the most modern thing is going to be the new alternate universe and then we have no mention of her and so i don't know like for people who probably just got into it and don't know anything about uh the original series because i know also a lot of people my age don't like to go back and watch this poorly filmed thing we like things in hd
5: but, <laughs> <laughs> so, so like no
6: like a lot of people don't even watch the original series these days and you know that's fine but it also shows like i don't know she she definitely gets lost these days and it's going to continue to happen and in a sense that's kind of good like i i am happy like my generation doesn't have to isn't like um sabrina's or friends where it's all like look they gave us a black lady now we're just all like okay what does she do like i I need more than her for her to like kiss the vulcan like does she have a job
5: (laughs) (laughs) so now you have mariner and you have you have michael
6: yes which is a lot better and i hope like for like my niece, my youngest niece's generation, I hope one day she looks at that and be like, "Why it take four seasons for a black lady to become the captain? What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's
4: just what she's gonna say.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> she is gonna say it. Well, I'm like, wow, really?
3: However, however, Michael has always been the center of that. I know we're not talking about michael but she's always been the center of that series
4: oh yeah she's it's always, always been her show
3: <laughs> yeah we didn't have to center her she's mm-hmm. always been the center and mm-hmm. the lead on that show so Definitely. that's the difference yeah. yeah no it may have taken her three seasons but it's her show she's number one on the call she does everything so that's the difference between you know Yuhura and michael where i had to i had to i had to center uhura michelle nichols whereas michael is automatically centered mm-hmm. compared if you compare the two mm-hmm.
2: right right and we you know so when the when they start talking about like well what did she do then you can refer them back to the original series and you can show them Uhura actually doing things like saving the crew <laughs> you know, multiple times over. You know, <laughs> you know, like in Who Mourns for Adonai, she's the one who uh, she had to rewire the entire uh, communication system to um, subvent uh, the the uh, jammed frequencies that Apollo made so that they can get in touch with them on the planet. Yep, Uhura saved everybody. Yeah. you know <laughs> she manned the science station she made navigation i'm telling you boys, she, she, she commanded she took command of the ship like she was no slouch you know she was no yeah. slouch but i think that uh you make a really valid point as to this current iteration of trek that uh you know uh, she was certainly underutilized to use your word underutilized. You know? and and other that's Trek, a, huh
4: other trek <laughs>
2: Yeah, other Trek, the other Trek. But there's no judgment here, you know, because somebody's least favorite Trek is somebody else's favorite Trek. Very and true. You know, and- Well, I love all Trek. All trek, had,
5: know, all, all trek is good. All Trek is good. More, more <laughs>
4: Trek is better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Uh, you know, but, you, and it kind of, it brings us to, you know, the, to this other point, uh, J.D., that you brought up so nicely, like giving mean, it came in Star Trek history- as far as black women who were had significant roles to play in the show, it goes Uhura, Michael Burnham. Mm-hmm. And that's like 50 years in between,
4: yes,
2: ma'am. you know, like Voyager had no black woman no. In any in any role. That's why I wasn't watching.
5: But no, No, I was watching it. I was watching it. I was watching it, but (laughs) I I wasn't feeling it. it. I was like, where the sisters? I
2: wasn't feeling it. You know, Voyager. That's it. Voyager felt like, to me, like the difference between feminism and womanism. Like, you know, like Voyager was a bunch of white ladies that were like, I want to go out and work for equal pay. And, you know, and like left us behind. Left us behind so we could take care of their kids while they went out to work for equal pay. Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like that's a wow (laughs) that's what voyager reminded me that's how we feel about wow
6: she went there (laughs) she went there just saying just saying i ain't taking care nobody's got their kids (laughs) but yeah no
5: do not do not send anything to our website send it right to (laughs) Tamia. i ain't taking care of your kids But the sister's right. I'm going to be with you, Tamia. Come on now. I'm with now. you.
4: I'm with you, sis. I got my own damn kids.
5: <laughs> we had really, But let, let's think about it. You know, We had the Black woman break through, and she was on the bridge. Right. You know, because Nurse Chapel was down and did the medical thing, and Rand showed up every now and then with the chicken sandwich. She wasn't doing anything. And so, you know, there was a horror. And then, of course, then we come to the next thing. And, and, you know, who's the captain? You get to, oh, wait, wait a minute. No, we were the one that did the marching. <laughs> and you come swooping in. Right.
2: We got the dog sicked on us, you know. Okay, that is not in the notes
5: anywhere. That is
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> just the truth, Ruth. Just the truth. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a, it's a severe... Um, it's a huge gap, right? It's a yeah. huge disparity, yeah. you yes. know. That, and it took 50 years. As you said, Fran, Was your line? You said when you went to the New York premiere of Discovery, mm-hmm. what was your line?
3: Oh, I stood up and shouted, I waited 50 years, over 50 years for this. That's right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They, heard, they heard me, everybody in the theater heard me including the entire cast and production team down in the front wow.
2: <laughs> that's right we shall know? not be silenced gag on it no you
3: know? no I, I waited over 50 years just to see this you know so yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah but i do feel like you know um i do feel like uh michael's michael burnham exists because there was a horror
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. She's on her shoulders. She's on, you know, yeah. And
5: she, she says is. so. Senequa martin she has, has said so. She, yeah.
3: More than once. Yeah.
5: God, yeah. I love her. I love Senequa. I love Senequa as much as I love Nichelle. This is just so Me wonderful. Too. I
2: truly do. I think she's such a, a great um, inheritor of this role. Of that, she mm. can play in the Star Trek universe because yes, she's so. very cognizant of the importance of representation and what hair. it means to see she and Michelle Hurd, but especially Sonequa yes. at the helm, you know, uh, for what it means for those of us of our melanin persuasion mm-hmm. to see her up on screen with her natural mm. hair now and everything. Oh my gosh. You know? Mm-hmm. And remember, uh, I remember at uh, Shore Leave, uh, the first convention that the Sci Fi sisters went to together in uh, 2018. And we all took our picture with Michelle Nichols, and oh I God. had I was holding uh, a picture of her at the con with the uh, at her station with the afro when that in the one mo- which movie was that was that the motion um, picture the motion wow. that was the original yeah. that was the first movie yeah. in the motion picture she right when she was she and she talked about how she fought to wear an afro she stood strong on letting on wearing her natural hair and that was like a big deal the studio didn't want to let her do it you know I mean it's like the ridiculous the things that black folks and especially black women have to do you know I need your permission to wear my hair to come out my head like it comes out my head yeah
3: yeah yeah, you know? and Sanico has yeah. mentioned that too. She said, "You know, on the show, I, I want to wear my hair like a like it grows naturally out of my head. Mm-hmm. What's the problem with that? Right, right. You know, because our hair has been always been politicized. Always has always.
2: been. So. and she made and and Michelle Nichols made that very political statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with using Star Trek as the vehicle. Of course, it's the perfect vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know. I mean, I think she's she's leaving us a fantastic legacy. Yes, she is. (laughs) I mean, I don't know where the sci-fi sisters
5: would be without her. Well, no, this one, this one right here, I would not. I don't know because that was that was a very Star Trek has been a huge part of my life you know since i saw that mm-hmm. thing at 10 years old you know and i have friends that mm-hmm. they just know theres <laughs> something about star trek is going some readers watching it i mean i speak, <laughs> my 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 ex-husband we used to speak to each other in lines of star trek because we knew what we meant <laughs> you know we could be someplace and say something and know like oh it's time to go you know <laughs> <laughs> our second date our second date was to a convention that's when i said oh he's the okay. one
3: <laughs> okay okay okay
5: so so the dry years let's talk about that i mean so we've had this great and you know what i wanted to just say something to um you know whoopi because whoopi if you're listening and i know you are oh. whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> You're my other girl in Star Trek. Don't don't let anybody say nothing different. I just love guy, but okay, let's go on because don't don't forget the whoopster. Um, so, about the dry years. So we're saying, you know, there was a time for oh, for Michelle Nichols, the dry years, and for Star Trek, when we didn't have anything going on. And, and like we're saying right now, these dry years, where there were no black women in these shows. We had to wait until we got to Deep Space Nine, and then we come up with, you know, Cassidy. Right, and it was what how many years it was just going on and on and on forever. maybe mm-hmm.
2: right, and then Cassidy, of course, was a side character side character right. even even though she was important to the main character of the show,
4: but everybody was, on that show was
2: a side character, <laughs> not like that though that well, mean, she yeah she was a true side character, yeah, yeah, but you know she
4: definitely
3: did it for me though she was a strong character Mm -hmm. in it she wasn't just you know she was a captain of her own she had her own business Mm -hmm. she was a captain of her own ship and she's you know she stood up to benjamin you know it wasn't like oh whatever you say she wasn't like that she was always strong and i love the fact that she was the captain of her own ship and she did what she wanted to do she even went to prison for her for her principles oh don't get us started on that mess Okay, but she did. That's that's what the the character did because she's she was delivering medical stuff, but and she had to go. But that was she stood up for her principles. I, that's what I would say because she could have said, "Well, no, I'm I'm um you know Captain Cisco's girlfriend. I can't be doing stuff like that." But she didn't. And then they got rid of her for a while, and she came back, and he took her right on back. Like, okay, come on, here we go, let's go. I- Back alone. I mean, Let's get
2: there. That's, that's a great point, you know, about Cassidy, because I mean, and that does show that there was some progress, you know, in the representation. But I mean, DS Nine is that rare gem. Yeah. yeah. You know, DS Nine was that really rare, is. rare yeah. gem. Yeah. And um, you know, if we look at the rest of Star Trek at that time, uh, if we look at Next Gen, I mean. Don't even get me started on Next Gen. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even get me started. I I mean, we Uh, remember, don't say it. Don't say it. We heard about Black women in significant roles, you know, but we only heard about them. We never saw them. So, you know, like Jordy's mom, Mm -hmm. I got so excited like, oh, Jordy's mom is in Starfleet too? Oh, she's dead. Dead. <laughs> dead. She was dead when we met her, wasn't she? Dead, Jim. Yeah. She was she, dead when we met her. She, she was dead, dead when we met she her. We, met, we had an dead. alien. We had an alien perpetrating like yes. it was her, Jordy's she's mom. She was
3: dead. dead when we met her. She's dead, Jim. <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> Think about it. Uh, she was dead when we, met when we met her.
5: Yeah. So they that was yeah. not right cuz that See, that's and that's yeah. the thing we're talking about here because, you know, and we love Star Trek I just told you Star Trek is a major force in my life but you know we're gonna have to you know call it when we see it that you, yeah. know, you be, you, you know for you talking about this this vampire kiss for 50 years and doing all this little crazy right. stuff it's just not acceptable gentlemen I'm just telling you so I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you've kind of you know gotten your stuff together and here in you know, in the beginning of the 21st century, since we started this mess in the middle of the 20th century, I'm glad to see (laughs) that you gave it a four pips. But, um,
3: yeah,
5: but you know, Uhura, from the time we we started with Uhura, I mean, she just really the first, the elegant one, the transformative one, the underutilized one. Mm -hmm. She's the one, she's the one. Does
2: anybody have a favorite Uhura episode?
6: Um, I won't, I I won't say it's a favorite episode, but it is one that has always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And it's the episode, Bread and Circuses, the gladiator episode. And like, she's really not in it at all. It's all Kirk and McCoy fighting in this stupid gladiator thing. But then once they get all... Like at the end of the episode, these idiots are sitting around like, I don't understand what that sun was. What is this sun he was looking for? I didn't see no sun. And she just comes in and says, like, dude, it's a religious reference. Do y'all not read?
4: (laughs) (laughs) She She did read them though. She was
2: like looking (laughs) at them like, it is, it's the she sun did, I know she was. She did have that look on her <laughs> face, like, like okay, idiots. The sun. These are the, the idiots that I work with
3: every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. No, that's not the that they're talking about. You know.
5: And it's <laughs> yes,
6: hilarious because, it like, you have the whole episode. Kirk and them are like trying to figure out what is the sun. Even when they get off the planet, they're still like, I still don't get it. And she's like, after listening to them for thirty seconds, she's all like. He's talking about Jesus.
3: does <laughs> <laughs> actually say Jesus. No, no, he, no. The he said son the of son, God. God. <laughs>
4: son of God. <laughs> but we know he's not the sun about. up in the
5: sky. Right, right. it's the yeah. Son of God. I don't right.
2: Ding dong! <laughs> no, you, you did the line yeah. almost perfectly. <laughs>
5: <laughs> of course, ding dong, sir.
0: <laughs> like like ding dong, Jet sorry. would say.
2: I, the I love, I <laughs> love uh, Uhura and Charlie X um, because we get to see Michelle Nichols using some of her other talents and we get to hear that lovely voice when she's singing to the crewmen, you know, mm-hmm. they're all in the in the rec hall mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, oh, it's it's a it's Star Trek variety show now. Like, awesome. <laughs> I was settling in you know? <laughs> settling in like that's with my popcorn. Yeah. Yum, yum, yum. That's great. Yay, (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, that was the first time that I ever I didn't know that she was had such a beautiful voice. I didn't know she was such a talented, uh,
5: accomplished vocalist. I knew none of of that. that Yeah, I knew none of that until I I read her autobiography. I knew none of that all this time in all these movies. I did not know that.
3: I liked her in The Trouble with Tribbles. That was mine. Yeah. i really, really like that when she you know she's just she's oh and she's cooling at it and she's in the bar and you know and all that and she takes her back <laughs> to the ship and the next morning, all these troubles, all and Kurt kind of looks at her, and she said, "Oh, but oh, oh, I love it's so they're so sweet, you know, <laughs> you and, and you and I was on her side. I'm like, yeah, but who know these things were like born pregnant? And she got all these troubles. <laughs> he's like, get get, please get this cleaned up." But oh, okay. But they're so oh, I liked her in that. I really
5: did. (laughs) But the the, the guy gave it to her because she was so pretty, the pretty lady. I'm just gonna give you a triple. I said, I bet he's gonna give her a triple.
2: And uh, when my notes about like uh, the different shows where that she's been. Pivotal in. I have notes on the trouble with triples, and I was like, oh, "It's all Ahura's fault." really <laughs> <laughs> is. It's all Ahura's <laughs> fault.
5: <laughs> she brought that mess back on the ship, you know, just like just just like Riker bringing that game back. It's like, look, y'all need to clear stuff through something before you bring stuff back on the ship now. Yeah, so
2: thank you, Lieutenant Uhura, because you're the reason why I now have this awesome Tribble from Science Division <laughs> that I'm <Yay>. adopting. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and
2: if you and, and J.D. is showing that one. <laughs> <laughs> JD is showing it. off her beautiful Tribble, too.
5: <laughs> oh, my God. I love my Tribble from Science Division. I keep thinking it's my cat because the fur is so realistic. It looks like a real animal. Every time I turn around, it's not my cat. And, oh, no. <laughs> it's your Tribble. <laughs> so my favorite one... And if you know me, I love the Mirror Universe, and it is mirror, mirror, because my girl came out oh <laughs> looking like, okay, who is going to mess with me today? She had the Fierce. abs going.
3: I said those abs. Mm-hmm.
5: And she had those black boots and the little nut, the dagger in the side, and I was yes. like, oh my God, look at this. Okay. William Ware I commend you.
2: And and truly slapped
5: fierce. Didn't
3: she slap the taste out of Sulu's mouth? <laughs>
5: she sure did. <laughs> <laughs> she Slapped the taste out of it for real. She she <laughs> she really did. But again, she, did. she was the one that had to get on that bridge and had to do that stuff, and nobody was going home. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Kirk, Kirk sent but her right in there.
3: She did. Yeah. She distracted and pushed. And the like, button. let's
5: think about this. You're the only one that is not from this universe. You're in there with all these crazy asses mm-hmm. and you're on this bridge and you got to get this guy to come back over here and look at this. Look, I mean, I would have been like out of my mind scared.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: I mean, you're absolutely right. If you can speak to that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I've, I've seen that and I love, you know, I love, um, mirror universe and i always think of a horror when it comes to how everyone is supposed to look it all comes from her that's every time i think about the 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 beginning of the mirror universe when we think about how how good everyone looks and Mm
5: -hmm. how how in
4: charge they are and because she's the only one that you actually see where she's the one she has to be the powerful one You know, like you Mm. said, she's on that bridge with everyone that's in that other universe. Crazy. But she she's scared. And I love that they show that she's scared because that's realistic. Yeah, Yeah. she's like, listen, I'm gonna do this because I'm Starfleet. And that's just the way it's going to go. But then she started feeling herself. I'm when I when I look at it, I'm like, she started to feel herself a little. She slapped Sulu. (laughs) like listen all right this is for me she has she knew where her dagger was she made sure she knew where it was for the next time Mm -hmm. from that point on that's how mirror universe is pretty much played you know Mm -hmm. if if you look back the way she looked her her uniform when you go back to enterprise you know everybody goes off of that so Ahura is the one that sets the stage for the, the 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 mirror universe because I that's my favorite.
5: That's my favorite <laughs> I love I love mirror universe. I, do. Do. I love I everything really about do. mirror universe, so yeah. Slap the taste out of his mouth.
1: Right, <laughs> <Yeah. out. laughs> yeah. right on. Y'all
3: know about slapping the taste out of somebody's mouth.
5: Yes. <laughs> and did you all
2: know that you guys know her first name, right? Nyota. 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 Do you know what it means?
4: Tell
2: us. No, to me. No. It <laughs> <laughs> means star. It means star in Swahili. Ooh. Do you know who else's name means star in the in the Star Trek universe? Tell us, Tamiya. Let Sabrina, us know. Sabrina. It's your girl. It's my girl. Who's your girl? Hoshi Sato. Hoshi. <laughs> Hoshi. Hoshi Sato, the communications gal's star. I could just Elegant. see them in a, in a 1980s cartoon, <laughs> like with stars all dazzling.
5: The two <laughs> of
3: them.
5: <laughs> Hoshi and Uhura, those are my two girls right there. Ain't nothing happening on these two ships unless it goes through them. Them. <laughs>
3: I love them.
5: <me> so <laughs> Did you know that in the autobiography of Jean-Luc
2: Picard, that Uhura is listed as having served as president of the United Federation of Planets in 2327? I forgot No. Yes. I know. She sounds like, yes. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. You knew that. Right. I know. I did not know that until until I started doing research for this episode. I mean, who knew that she had gone up to the president?
4: Mm. Well, Mm -hmm. in Catalysts of Sorrow, I think that's the name of it. She's actually the head of Starfleet Intelligence. Uh Oh, and she's been that head for like years. And she's like, you know, Oh, that would make she's sense. A bomb, you know, cracking codes and cracking. Co- well, she just, she's, she's like, real. You know how they always send the the chief everybody down to the the planet, which I don't understand. How you take, how you send the CMO down to the way <laughs> team? <But laughs> yeah.
2: He's the
4: one that sends everybody out in that book. So it, it made more sense. I mean, anybody could they could have put anybody there, but they put her there, and it was pretty cool. So well, now you make me want to read the books. It's a good book. It's a good book. I mean, name again. Everybody's in it, so it's a good book. title of the book again? is in it. Uh, Catalyst of sorrow. Catalyst of stars. Yeah, I I'll look. I I'll look. I up. read so many books. I could. I could be mixing them up. So let me make sure.
5: <laughs> I think you all need to be a horror song. Yes, which I'm is my favorite of the books because it's really funny. You know, I was going through it uh, today, and I read it like years and years and years ago it's about a planet that's been quarantined during a pandemic mm-hmm. and it's all about colonizing it's about it's got a lot of things in it that are very very interesting to read now and it's it's in a horror is the one that figures out that you know oh, the cool thing about it is that they have been forbidden to tell the history of their people which they say in song you know, they tell the history of people through song, which is a very African thing, you know, mm-hmm. where you have that passing of this of the history through the, the, the one person tradition. that tells us, the oral yes. tradition. And so I, I think, world. take a look at this book, the because book I was rereading dream. it and mm-hmm. saw it from a, yeah, I saw it from a whole grown-up point of view. Not the point of view that I saw it as, as you know, 15 or whenever I read the book, I don't know. So, um, a horror song. I'm going to look for that one,
2: too. And it. you know what else we're going to be looking for? looking forward to is the documentary that's finally coming out about Nichelle Nichols and about her real life work with NASA, recruiting um, black, Blacks and Latinos and other people of color into NASA before the first mm. uh, space shuttle missions. Um, so that's a, a woman it called Woman in Motion, Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek, and the remaking of NASA. And that's that's going to be a fathom event. Um, yes. Yes in the time <laughs> in the time of the pandemic so we hope that uh, people somewhere are safe enough that they can go to a theater um for this fathom event but uh or wait till it starts streaming somewhere but it's only gonna be it only has two dates february 2nd and february
5: 4th well, um, okay cbs all access if you're listening and i know you are <laughs> <laughs> let's get this streamed, okay? It's like let's get women in motion streamed. Let's go, you big studio guys. Like what's going on here? We want we want a horror. We want to show. We want we the show. And
3: to let and let's make a connection because we found out the reason why Mae Jamison, which was the first black woman astronaut, became an astronaut because she saw Uhura on the screen. That's she actually right. told Alex, Alex Kurtzman that's why she became an astronaut because and, and she saw you.
2: To be even more specific, uh, Nichelle Nichols, yeah, like, yeah, she's a definite uh recruit. Um, I forget, it wasn't uh, remember the brother's name, uh, his name escapes me now. I'm so Charles sorry. McNeer? Uh, who, the one who went up on the challenge, Charles, Charles McNair, Charles mm-hmm. McNair, he was in. The program, the, yes. he was a
5: direct recruit of direct uh, recruit. Michelle Nichols. So mm-hmm. was Sally okay. Ride. So, you know, I mean, there are a Sally lot Ride, of people yep. that came in, the, the, of the, the, like, I mean, almost all of those Challenger astronauts were direct recruits of war. It was very sad when that went up. Um, so I think it's you really need to, you know, if you can connect the dots between, you know, like if everybody saw hidden figures and you get to that point where, you know, there were no... But that movie makes me cry. It makes me that cry movie. every time I see it because it's just like so much was wasted. And there was a quote by the Russians at the time when that happened. They said, the reason why we got into space first is because we use all our people. Oh, mm-hmm. yes.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, to bring that from the hidden figures time, it, it there's no, you can't deny the importance of Nichelle Nichols in that recruiting process to get astronauts and not just you know, black astronauts, but mm-hmm. white, white women too. Mm-hmm. And a thing about a horror coming out, and we have talked about what she meant to us and, and as black women, And but I remember going to the con and one of the things that kind of really got me and I didn't really realize it, was so many little white girls were, affected by this too mm-hmm. they too were like oh my god it is a woman on the bridge and you yes. know it, it had right. not happened before yeah. and so we were talking to a few white girls who were like no no she means exactly the same to me and she it was a big deal it was a mm-hmm. really big deal and so we really want to push this um everyone to see women in motion i I told you guys the other night I said when I saw her and I was a little kid, I actually wanted to become an astronaut. I went into Civil Air Patrol. I did two years of Civil Air Patrol. I remember I cut my hair, but it was, you know, right length and it couldn't touch my collar, <laughs> the whole thing. You know, I was going into Air Force. I took the Rati exam and they tested my ears and I washed out. I had oh. bad hearing, couldn't oh. go. And I was devastated. But I wanted to be an astronaut. I was physics engineering going into college. I mean, I was a total blurred nerd, but um, all thanks to Ohora. So I still, Ohora, mm, mm, Miss Nichols, that picture of us with Miss Nichols, that is one of my prized possessions. Yes. That's one yes. of the greatest yeah. moments of my life. I have to say, like, that was one of the greatest moments of my
2: life. Like, I, I'm not normally Tongue-tied or starstruck. The only other, I mean, I've, you know, I've been raised, I I was brought up in my family. My family knew a lot of politicians and celebrities and stuff. As I've been growing up, I'm used to meeting famous people, basically. Mm -hmm. But I've been completely tongue-tied only three times. No, yeah, only four times, four times in my life. One was when I met Angela Davis Oh, the other was when that. I met Alice Walker. Oh. The third one was when I met Octavia Butler. Oh, and, the four, and the fourth one was when I met Lieutenant Uhura, mm-hmm. Michelle Nichols. Mm-hmm. I, 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 was, I was so overwhelmed by the magnitude of what she meant to me you know, personally, that nothing could come out except for, you know, just thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I remember, I cherish that moment with us um, and in and this show. I mean, and and uh, when we got to meet her, because she was so overwhelmed when she saw all three of us at that time, yes. there were three sci-fi sisters. When she saw all three of us together with that photograph of her and her natural hair, she started crying.
5: Yes. Mm. All wow. wearing our I mean, disco so. shirts.
0: It was all like coming, around, coming all the yeah. way around. We were all up all in full, there like full circle. This is yeah. so wonderful. So it was <laughs> really <laughs> touching. So,
2: you know, I think we've had a, a it's been wonderful to um, sit here and talk about her and what she means to us and, and her importance in our society uh, yes. today. Um, any final thoughts that anybody wants to put out?
5: Just that I love her.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love her. And I hope that she gets to hear this, you know. um, Michelle, if you're listening.
5: (laughs) And I I know you are. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. I mean, mean Miss Nichols, Auntie Michelle.
2: Our queen. Our queen. We love you so much. And uh, so I just want to say thank you uh, to everybody. Thank you, sisters. This has been a fantastic discussion. Hey, Hey! it's Yay. so good to do this all together. Oh, um, I know. <laughs> so we'd also love to hear your thoughts, listeners, um, about conversation, about our conversation uh, or about uh, Michelle Nichols or Lieutenant Uhura. So, Yvette, how can people get in touch with us? Well, you can reach us
4: on our new website at SciFiSisters.com or you can have fun with us on Facebook. On the mothership, and I'm gonna spell mothership for you because I don't want you to spell it wrong because you won't get to see us. Spell sci-fi sisters too. Oh, okay. Let me do mothership first. Mothership is M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P, and
2: S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S. Yes, we can spell here sci-fi sisters. (laughs) Oh my god. We're some smart gals. We
4: really are. (laughs) Uh, You can join our Facebook page, which is Sci-Fi
2: Sisters. And you can join our book club. We would love to have you. We would love to have you for any of those things and all of those things. So come on and join us. Um, I would be remiss, uh, hugely remiss, if I did not give a shout-out to the best engineer in the whole or any universe, Dos the Anonymous. Dos the Anonymous. You can reach him at D O S. -S 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 T-H-E-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S-1, the number one, at gmail.com. And, of course, we'd like to extend another huge thank you to Trek Geeks, Dan and Bill. Thank you for – you've raised a really high bar, and uh, we hope we've been worthy of your time, listeners, uh, as stand-ins for Dan and Bill this week. And um, if you have a chance and you haven't joined the fun over at their Facebook group, Camp Kittimer, please do. It's the best Trek group out there. Best I Trek love Camp ever. Kittimer. ever. Yes. <laughs> so, time to say goodbye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. We love you. Adios. Hasta luego. Until next time, we're the Sci-Fi Sisters, and we're out of here. Peace, love, and hair grease.
3: L L A P
1: Well buddy, what can we say? That Ah. was an amazing discussion. We are so grateful to the sci-fi sisters for coming to Trek Geeks and sharing their positivity and their voices. And their experiences with our audience. It is something that uh that we hope to do again in the future for sure.
0: I'm probably gonna listen to their podcast more than I listen to this one from now on, to be honest with
1: you. <laughs> and considering you don't listen to ours,
0: that's pretty amazing. <laughs> no, they were absolutely fantastic. It was great to get that history from them, from some of them, and 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 their thoughts. Uh, on what an incredible woman Nichelle uh, is, was and is and what their that character means to them. It was fantastic. And what a – just an awesome way to kick off Black History Month, man. That was just awesome.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it really is. We look forward to continuing more about that later on. But, of course, Dan, we do have to thank our friends, the band Five Year Mission, for all the music they provide for the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and for the Trek Geeks Podcast. Six years now, and uh, I tell you what, it's uh, – it, it makes our show sound so much better because to hear our voices drone on and on and on oh, oh, really boy. was just it makes paint flake. That's really what it does. So get it out to fiveyearmission.net, get all their albums, get that CD in your hands of physical media because we guarantee you're going to become a huge fan just like we are.
0: I'm a flake. Uh, don't I know it? it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I got to say though, again, I, I just said it a minute. What a great episode with the sci-fi sisters man just there's they're they're so wonderful and their topic of conversation was phenomenal Ahura is a legend a force to be reckoned with a beacon of light for so many back when tos originally aired and still is to this day she commanded her station she stayed strong all the time but but bill do you remember that time she couldn't turn off the internal communications of the ship when riley was in engineering Yep. Could you imagine if he was singing a Five Year Mission song instead of "I'll Take You Home Again," Kathleen? That would that could have been that could have been awful, depending on if, you know what you think of Five Year Mission. But that just would have been something that she would never have lived down if that had been the case. From that point on, Bill Uhura's famous line might have been hailing Farquhansy's open, Captain. <laughs> what is wrong with you?
1: really what hailing frequencies open what
0: yeah but but luckily it did but luckily it didn't happen right so we can whew.
1: yeah dodge a bullet there Whoa. yeah 5 please download all their albums don't forget you too can support the trek geeks podcast network by subscribing to us on patreon where you can get all kinds of exclusive perks
0: That's right, man. We really pride ourselves on the perks that we have available for our supporters because we use small businesses to help us and we love supporting small business. Our annual supporters pin is produced by our very good friends over at Fansets and our world famous supporters t-shirt is made by a local small business called Mint print works right down the road in nashua new hampshire and uh, just a little teaser bill and i are coming up with some new perks for later this year which uh, will really raise the bar right now though we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers for trek geeks we are so grateful for their support and they are dave andrews v grambat luke burnham brad DeMag, william edward m jr brandon average andy fark kimberly francis jonathan hamilton brooke horton ryan jeffs john Kricorian, sean lynn rick mason jamie mcgregor aaron Mollenkoff, shane murray tim robertson greg Rosier, eric sakian adam sanders blake strike tim serdar heather sohn jim stoffel lisa tomlinson jessica dax vincent trey womack ron robel and because it's snow is the last whatever in the world the gracious and wonderful conrad hutchins <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you got to hear the patreon content to hear about snow uh, sorry uh, about
0: that people who don't listen yeah
1: yeah so uh it's <laughs> patreon.com slash trek geeks of course we want to thank our trek geeks producers for their support they are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Al Godwin, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Tony Lambast, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashion.
0: You, too, can become a producer on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details.
1: Dan, next week we continue our month-long celebration of Black History Month with another amazing guest podcaster.
0: Yeah, it is just so great to be able to do this on the network, man. Their voices should be and deserve to be heard. So next week, we will welcome another great African-American podcaster to the show as David Majors from the Promenade Merchants podcast guest hosts the show and talks about the one, the only Jake Sisko. Next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the podcast, Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Jumping ahead of myself. I don't now. even know the name of the network. Uh, Trek Geeks.
1: The <laughs> Trek Geeks <Geeps>. Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah. For even more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Of course, in addition to Rewind, Politrek's five-year mission, Infinite Trek, and Deep Space Pride, you can now hear the latest podcast of the network, The Divine Treasury, a Star Trek Collectibles podcast with Jamie Rogers and Mike Bovia. Of course, you can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen.
0: The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. And of course, for
1: all the news on all the Star Trek SEO, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 249 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper.
0: Debunk that coconut.
1: Uh, That's really easy because coconut sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So do you. Wow. I know. I, it amazed me, too.
0: So true. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive Producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson.